Connethor. We probably just about deserved the goal. Sheffield Wednesday. What are you shaking your head at? That's how it should have been listening. <laughs> you know, it really made for an unbelievable atmosphere. Everything came together. He's going to go for one. Bam! Wow, I can't believe it. Outrageous. It really was something special. That's what you get when you go to Sheffield. Joseph Hadfield. <laughs> what is up with you two today? Three lads talking absolutely half of the course on football. For us. Josh Chapman. If I was a neutral fan, that would have been a brilliant game of football to watch. Sheffield United. I'm glad I didn't see the second because we were shocking, but I thought he did really well. Here's Elliman and Jai. On he goes. Go on, Jai. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Evening all, Joseph Hadfield, Josh Chapman and George Barber in the chairs this evening for Football Forum. Evening, lads. Good evening. Good evening. It's the show where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the latest from across the region. Uh, so here's what's on the way for our first show in a month. Brilliant on the road, home form unexpectedly taking a turn. The Blades remaining top of the championship but they lose their safety net. Consistently inconsistent. That's probably the best way to describe Sheffield Wednesday. The Owls are still scoring, but they're suffering a last-minute sucker punch down at Plymouth. Chappers has all the latest from the local roundup. And we'll turn our attention to the weekend's action because United are looking to do it on a cold Saturday afternoon at Stoke. And a Wednesday at the races, they're welcoming Cheltenham. And we check in with the latest from Unpredictable. It's been a month and uh, there's some varying, uh, varying scores, so we'll check up on that. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We're back at Shoe, still focusing on red and two shades of blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. It's great to have your company for the latest edition of Football Forum on this uh, this cold October evening and uh, we're, we're nice and warm here in our studio. So let's get into the action. We're going to start with Sheffield United. And because this, this is our first show back in uh, in a month, rather than, than focusing on on all the games as a whole, we're mainly going to talk on uh, on the, the most recent game as, as we usually do. So uh, Sheffield United, they've they've been brilliant on the road, as I, as I just mentioned. Victories at Swansea and Preston before the international break. After the international break, it's it's not gone so well. Drawing at home on Saturday against Birmingham and then a 1-0 defeat on Tuesday night at home to QPR. Paul Heckingbottom, after that game, he was saying it was all about uh, the penalty appeal um, and a foul on Sander Berger. Uh, bad thing is Sander got injured, planting his foot. He was just about to kick the ball with two hands pulling the shirt. They have sent him for a scan. They don't know the extent uh, they're going to find of that injury. Um, Chappers, yeah, we've been away for a while, and uh, well, the QPR game. What would you, uh, what would you make of, of the sort of the last month? Well, the the last month was, uh, well, pre-international break was very very good. Um, uh, the one thing that we um, hadn't been so good on this season was was playing away from home, um, and then we put two brilliant away performances in. Um, first um, at Swansea, and then at Preston as well. Um, okay, yeah, we nicked it a little bit against Swansea. Um, I, I didn't think we played particularly well. Uh, Preston, I didn't see the game, but we uh, we seemed to be on on the ropes a little bit first half. But 
Um, a moment of quality from Njai and then in the second half, uh, again, another, um, well, capitalising on a mistake in the second half was uh, was all we really needed, to be honest. Um, and then post-international break, we we did what Sheffield United do post-international break and that's not play very well. Um, for as long as I've watched Sheffield United, we've generally been always terrible after an international break. And I don't, don't know why that is. I don't know if that's us losing momentum, if that's just... I don't know, feeling if we're feeling a little bit fatigued after, you know, some players have, well, quite a few players went away on international duty, key players as well, you know, John Egan, Sander Berger, Njai, Tommy Doyle, um, Rian Brewster, James McAtee, lots of players away on international duty. So I don't know if it's the lack of lack of rest there, I'm not sure, but we're generally always pretty bad. And those that kind of culminated really in, in the last two performances. Birmingham, I don't really want to talk too much about because... It was a poor game. We got the lead, um, you know, thanks to a, a brilliant finish from from Ollie McBurney, and then a mistake at the back from well, a combination of John Egan and Chris Basham. Chris Basham leaving his man, which was Troy Deeney. Um, I can understand why he's done it. He's gone to try and cut out a pass that a possible square ball on the edge of the box. I get that, but then shouldn't really believe in his man. And John Egan, well, he's about five yards behind the rest of the defenders. So if he's up with play. Showed in his being played offside, and and that goal doesn't stand, and you you possibly go on to win that game, and then Tuesday night was, I thought was that's the worst I've seen as this season, maybe bar in the first game away at West, uh, sorry Watford, um, I I didn't think we were very good at all. I thought QPR, well I thought we made it easy for QPR really. I didn't I didn't think they had to work too hard. Um, we were we were sloppy in possession. I thought we were poor out of it. Um, didn't really create too many chances apart from maybe first 15 20 minutes or so um and i just thought we we could have played for another 90 minutes and probably not scored on on tuesday night really um and again a mistake um, well a mistake defensively has, has cost us cost us the goal um i, I don't want to i don't want to slate him at all because i think he's played really really well um but you know a, a slight lack of concentration from tommy doyle losing his man it's a quick one too and and a deflection as as probably wrong-footed Wes a little bit and, and gone in. So, yeah, overall, a, a real poor performance on, on Tuesday and Saturday, really. Uh, not not really what we wanted, of course, after an international break when, we, when we're doing so well. Couldn't we kicking on. Norwich didn't get a great result on Tuesday night away at Reading. Um, they all wanted to win that game. But we are still top, and I think we've got to take that into consideration. But we need a response on Saturday, really. Well, we'll get to Saturday uh, very shortly, but... As if United weren't struggling enough when it comes to, to depletion at the back with defenders out injured. Baldock now is on the treatment table and more so, as I was just mentioning, uh, Sander Berger as well. That penalty appeal, what did you make of it? Well, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a penalty. Pretty comfortably, I thought it was a penalty. Um, I don't really fall for the argument that the referee made of, well, both players are pulling each other's shirts. I don't, I don't really think that at all. And I think when when the opposition manager is saying that he thought it was a penalty, or it, well, what he actually said was that if it was anywhere else on the pitch, then it's a foul. That is what he said. So uh, the age-old argument: well, if it's a foul in the centre circle, why is it not a foul in the box? But uh, yeah, I thought it was a penalty at the time. Um, but I think it, I think it would have been a, a harsh one on QPR really, for us to have been given it and scored it. You know. Obviously, we've we've created the chance to get the penalty, but it still would have been harsh based on our performance. Um, but in terms of the injuries, it, they just seem to be getting worse. They really do. I mean, we're really struggling for defenders now. Um, we, we had some really good news in that 
Uh, Jaden Bogle came back, played well, came on in the second half against Birmingham, started the game on Tuesday night against um, against QPR. So that was good news. Um, but then you hit with George Baldock going out injured and Paul Heckenbottom said today that they don't expect him to be back on Saturday. He's got some kind of issue with his side. It's a side strain, really, that he's got an issue with. Um, and he apparently is in quite a bit of pain with that. And obviously the, the injury that resulted from the penalty appeal, Sander Berger, um, he didn't look good. I, I don't think he actually came back on the pitch uh, after, after it happened. Obviously it was late on. So I think we finished the game with 10 men. I don't think we made that change. Um, and he seemed to certainly limp round. Again, Paul Eckenbottom saying today that they sent him for an X-ray and that's come back clear, but they've also sent him for an MRI. Um, so they're going to know a little bit more about maybe some of them, um, if there's a muscular injury uh, once those results come back. But we really are struggling for injuries now. I mean, that's... So in terms just defenders alone, we've got Baldock, Robinson, Kieran Clark, Ender Stevens, Max Lowe, Anel Ahmed Hodzic, that's six defenders all all out. That's more than we usually play in a match. Um, so now we're really we're really struggling. And well, despite Baldock going off injured, some chances Sheffield United did have in this first. And, and this is the problem with Sheffield United is okay. They've had brilliant performances before the international break, but maybe it's a sense that United have have really struggled to to sort of make the most of their chances. Evident potentially in the in the Birmingham game at the weekend, more so in the QPR game on Tuesday night. Uh, and Dai, George Baldock, both having having great chances in the first half, not taking them, and then the sucker punch comes sort of at the start of the second half. Yeah, we. I don't really remember us making that many chances on on Saturday, to be honest. And uh, McBurney's goal really did. I know it came from a free kick, but it kind of came out of nothing. Where it's just hit one on the turn and it's he's really rifled one in. Um, but on Tuesday night, I thought we actually created a few decent chances, especially in the first 15 minutes or so. I thought we were far the better team. We looked, we, we were playing well, um, moving the ball around around quickly, getting into into dangerous areas. And Ilman and Jai had by far the best chance, you know, nick it while picking the pocket of the defender, sat a few down, um, got into the box, into a brilliant area. And... One way you just expect the neck to ripple and uh, somehow dragged it wide. And then George Bollock, I can't remember who put the crossing actually. Might have been Tommy Doyle. Um, somebody put a crossing from the left hand side. And, and all Bollock's really got to do at the back post is steer it goalwards and you think it's in. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, it just kind of skims his head and misjudges it completely. Both really good chances. Um, and I think the game was really summed up where there was a moment in the second half with about 15 minutes to go where. Uh, I think it was Norwood played a ball down the channel in the air. McBurney's chasing after it and uh, he's expecting it just to come past him and he actually hits McBurney on the back of the head and goes out for a throw-in. Uh, and I think that pretty much summed up our, our evening on, on Tuesday. Didn't help that I thought QPR were, were really bad um, in terms of time-wasting as well. Um, Rob Staten picked up on that. He was commentating on Tuesday and he tweeted afterwards that he still feels that more has to be done and I thought it was really poor on, on Tuesday night. I thought the refereeing was, was pretty abysmal in terms of keeping a lid on that and uh, I think he just allowed that to happen. But, you know, you've got to make the most of the possession you do have and the times you have got the ball, of which we, we saw a lot of the ball and we didn't. So, uh, hopefully that's uh, rectified on Saturday but two disappointing results in a row and, yeah, hopefully we can get it out, out of our system now. Well, hopefully so, because Sheffield United are still at the top of the championship table, but only on goal difference now. Norwich have closed up that gap. 
And even QPR with that result Tuesday night, it leaves them fourth as well. The chasing pack are closing in on the Blades. So uh, they need to sort themselves out and pick up some points and quick. Hopefully they can do that at the weekend at Stoke. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But for now, that wraps up Sheffield United. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. You're with Football Forum here on your preferred podcast provider. Much appreciating your company. So United's done it. It's over to Wednesday now. And George, really, we're, we're going to come to you in a second, obviously. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. And, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday in action. They've been in action a lot more recently because of... Uh, of League One playing through the international break, uh, victories for uh, for the for the Owls away at Morecambe, uh, defeat at home to Ipswich, victory at home against Wickham, victory away against Port Vale, all looking good. And then that last minute sucker punch um, at Plymouth. Darren Moore saying after that game uh, to lose the game in the last minute, bit of pill to swallow, more so in in the manner that they lost it. Um, after the the quick start with goal. A goal for each side coming in the first seven minutes. We got back in the game. From there, I felt it was a dominant Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, wonderful opportunities. The boy Cooper in goal. He's having an outstanding season as he did last year. Pulled off some magnificent saves. And we've also hit the post twice. George, no real surprise uh, that, that Sheffield Wednesday didn't win the game because of the incredible performance from, from Cooper in, uh, in the Plymouth goal. Is it a bit to pill to swallow the fact that that you've looked lightly to be to be at least getting a point. You've come away from home park having made two late substitutions and you've ended up with nothing. Yeah, it is a bit of pill to swallow because obviously going away to Plymouth it is a really tough place to go. They, they always put good performances there. Last season they beat us twice 3-0 at their own ground. Um, but as you just picked up on about the substitutions, um, from looking at that game, it was very much in the balance. We probably just about edged it in terms of performance. I think Plymouth were up on possession. But the two substitutions that switched the game from Darren Moore, um, I certainly think switched in Plymouth's favour because you take a player like Barry Bannon off, who arguably shouldn't be in League One. He obviously is. You take a player such as Josh Windass off, who's played in the Championship for quite a lot of his career, Scottish Premiership, um, to replace him with Deli Bashir, who's still a a lad who's breaking through the ranks, you know, still trying to get more consistent game time. And Callum Patterson, who, well, yes, he works hard, but he's not a goal scorer. It was inevitable that Plymouth were going to go and grab the winner because yeah. you take a player like Bannon off, you lose that in the midfield, you lose a bit of energy. Deli Bashir, who's more of a powerhouse in the midfield, prefers to attack, doesn't like really defending that much. Callum Patterson doesn't score goals, as I've already said. Yeah. So I think they were negative substitutions. Pete, mm. I, I know, and I've seen people on Twitter saying like, "Oh, you know, it still makes him a good manager." But a decision like that, surely someone in the dugout's got to be saying to him, "Look, this surely isn't." Is the that current... the best substitution? Exactly. To be exactly. But yeah, it is a really bitter pill to swallow. You know. And. The fact that it seems like Plymouth has become a bit of a bogey ground now, especially going down on Tuesday nights, six-hour drives, getting down there, coming back with nothing. Okay, Plymouth, we know they're going to be a, a top six top six contender. They've obviously proven it. They, they're they up there every single season. But Sheffield Wednesday are as well. And 
let's be fair, and I take this from, from Alex Miller and Dale Johnson off Twitter. They were looking into the stats behind it. It seems that you don't have to beat the top six to go up from League One, re- even though how tough League One has been in recent seasons. So maybe it's not the be-all and end-all. Because let's be fair, you look at Sheffield Wednesday's results over, over the last month, and it's three three victories. Let's be fair, you've had victory at Morecambe, victory at home to Wickham, which was, that was there was a load of dark arts involved there, not just the, including at QPR for Sheffield United, and victory at Port Vale, which arguably didn't look like it was going to be a victory. So realistically, Sheffield Wednesday are, and not doing too bad. You're third in in League One after after ten games, better than last season, and arguably on par for for the eleven twelve season when you beat Sheffield United to to Championship promotion. Yeah, it is one of them things. But you do like to beat the top teams in that division. You want to go to them. You want to take the game to them. Just to pick up, um, we drew two two with Ipswich earlier in in the month. I do apologise. Um, no, it's okay. Um, but we drew with Ipswich. We've drew with uh, Portsmouth on the t- opening day. But the rest of the top six, I don't think we've really... I don't think we've took a point off them. I think we've lost two, mm. something like that. I think I, I saw it on Twitter as well. But, no, I think, obviously, we can take points off other teams and that will get us definitely up the division. Yeah. We did it, as you said, in 11-12, where we were taking points more off the bottom teams as in comparison to the top teams. Mm. But you want to make a statement in the division. You don't really... Like last season as well... We, we did. I think we did better against the top teams. I'm sure we did last season. Yeah. But again, I'm coming back to the thing of I don't particularly think Darren Moore rises to the occasion when we play the top teams. I think he's, sometimes he probably needs to t- change his tactics a little bit. You know, we saw it with Sunderland in the playoffs. I've mentioned that before that he had to change the tactics, but probably was too stubborn to changes tactics and which is why I don't think we're picking up points against the top teams because they try and match our formation that we've always stuck with I think he's been changing up a little bit recently um, but yeah I don't know. frustrating what do we think it is because it's it's obviously not naivete Darren Moore he's, he's, he's well experienced when it comes to League One football so is it more of a sense that stubbornness or maybe fear of like he'd rather in in this for example in the Plymouth position he'd rather try and go and get three points and risk coming away with nothing or is it more to try and preserve the one point and ultimately getting sucker punched to to leave with nothing well I think his tactics are negative Mm. I think I like I I said earlier it's to get a point away at Plymouth would have been great Mm. And I don't think he's gone for the win. I think he's gone to preserve the draw, which is why he took Bannon off right. and took Windows off to stop as being a bit more positive going forward. And it's what he's been guilty of in the past few years when we've had him, obviously. We had him in the year when we went down from the Championship mm. to League One. Um, again, it was the same thing again. We'd go 1-0 up. We'd look to try and hold the game out. We'd go 1-0 down. We'd look to try and get the draw, then not push for the winner. Mm. And I don't know. It's... Um, <sighs> I think it is a bit of stubbornness, though, with, mm. with Dan. I don't think he particularly enjoys changing his tactics because they see it as it, that's how he sees as what he does mm. uh, with his team. And I don't think he sort of maybe he's just not capable of switching it up. I'm not sure. Mm. Obviously, you've said he's experienced, but I don't know if Darren Moore's actually won anything in his time as being a manager. Obviously, he was with West Brom. He was 
he failed in the playoffs with them, got sacked, mm. or he might have even been in the playoffs with them. Doncaster, he left Doncaster for us. Mm-hmm. He was in the playoffs with Doncaster, then started to drop off, then jumped ship to us, took us down, failed in the playoffs with us last season. So maybe is it a lack of a, a lack of a will it winning mentality? Possibly. Th- th- that's the way I see it anyway, especially like from what you said before about taking it to the top teams it's very negative it's yes we we could have worse managers in league 1 look there's there's worse managers out there than Darren Moore but i don't know it's, a part of me thinks we'll go up this season but for some reason i don't think Darren Moore will be our manager by the end of the season big claim to make and we shall find out how uh, Sheffield Wednesday progress um, throughout the season. First up for Wednesday, the welcoming Cheltenham at the weekend. We'll touch on that in a moment. First up, though, he's had a month off, um, but it doesn't mean we're going to give him a month's worth of results to run through. He's going to give us a brief overview as per Chappers has the local roundup. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you say, it's been a, it's been a month, um, so I'm not going to run you through every single result, but I will I will run you through a, a couple of the most recent ones. I'm going to start in the championship and well things have changed uh, for Rotherham United they uh, no longer have the manager pre-international break that they have uh, sorry they no longer have the manager that they did pre-international break they have changed things up uh, the derby position became available and Paul Warren uh, was offered it and taken it so Paul Warren moved to Derby uh, and replacing him was the or is the Exeter City manager Matt Taylor uh, later on we're going to hear from uh, Jed um, the, an Exeter fan who uh, who's going to talk us through uh, his thoughts about Matt Taylor leaving uh, and what Rotherham fans can expect. But in terms of their results, uh, their last two results, the first game was, uh, was taken uh, by Richard Wood and Lee Peltier and it was a, a home defeat against Wigan Athletic, 2-0 at home to Wigan. Wigan excellent on the road this season. Uh, on Tuesday night, uh, was it Tuesday night? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, in Matt Taylor's first game in charge. No, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah. night. In Matt Taylor's first game in charge, they hosted Millwall, uh, a 1-1 draw there. Um, that leaves Rotherham in 13th position in the championship table. They've not won in uh, in a few games now. They've not won since the middle of September. But of course, we did have the international break. Uh, moving down into League One and Barnsley, their form has really picked up of late uh, under... Oh my God, I forgot his name. Michael Duff Michael Duff. I nearly said Michael O'Neill and I knew that wasn't right. That Michael really Duff. wasn't right. Um, uh, they, first of all, uh, hosted Charlton Athletic uh, on the 24th and were 3-1 victors at home uh, at Oakwell. And on Saturday, uh, they were on the road at Fleetwood Town. Uh, a 1-0 victory there away at Fleetwood. That result puts Barnsley fifth in the, cha- in the league one table. They've not lost a league game since the 20th of August so after a bit of a shaky start uh, their form has really really picked up and in fact they've only drawn uh, one of their last five league games that's probably not far away from our last programme no absolutely not absolutely not Uh, moving down into League 2 Donny Rovers they if we're talking about Wednesday being consistently inconsistent Donny Rovers are just consistently not very good Um, in games you think they might win in games that you think they look like they're going to win they end up losing it or drawing it somehow. Uh, on Saturday, they uh, actually booked that trend and they were on the road to Roch- uh, away at Rochdale. Uh, 2-1 victory away at Rochdale there. But on Tuesday night on the road to Hartlepool, uh, they were two, uh, on the wrong end of a 2-1 scoreline there. Uh, Donny Rovers currently ninth in the League One table um, and did look like they were going to hold on for a draw on Tuesday, but unfortunately uh, a McDonald goal in the 86th minute 
denied them of that. And Chesterfield, well, after what was an excellent start to their season, it's now three games without a win for them. Uh, on Saturday, they hosted Maidenhead United and were on the wrong end of a 2-1 there. And they were at home again at the, whatever it is now, ProAct. Is it the ProAct still? Technique. Technique. Yeah, it used to be ProAct. Um, they were at home to Dagenham and Redbridge and lost 3-2 there. In fact, they, the Spirits actually went 3-0 down in that game uh, before pulling two goals back. They were top of the table. They're not quite anymore. They're third in the National League table, but only three points off uh, top spot. And that is your local roundup. Haven't you forgot a team? Oh, I forgot Hallam. I'm ever so sorry, Hallam. Uh, yeah, Hallam, uh, again, a, a team that's very inconsistent. We went to see them uh, away at Handsworth uh, last week and they were on... Uh, well, they were defeated 3-1 away at uh, Handsworth in, in that local derby. But two uh, two decent results uh, to bring you. Firstly, in the league, away at Maltby Main, they were two all, uh, a two-all draw there. Uh, and I assume that's in the League Cup against Beverly Town, uh, away at Beverly Town, 2-0 uh, victory there. They're making a lot of signings at the minute. Um, they've made two today, um, including the goalkeeper as well, uh, after Miles Catlin's uh, last night. I think it's Miles Chapman, or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, he's out injured. Uh, but 2-0 two, two that game finished and they threw it into the next round of the cup. And that definitely is your local round. Lovely stuff, Jappers. So uh, we were promising it you earlier. Jed is with us. Evening, Jed. Hello, hi. Very well, thanks. Glad you are as well. So great to have you with us on the podcast. And actually, this is this is your technically debut. It for is this my program. debut, yeah. We've had you, you've been on before doing the Lord and Saviour Padregamon's commentary. Oh, yes. But we, you've not actually been on the programme uh, so far. Oh, but God, I miss Podge. What a wonderful man. What a wonderful all, man. He is. He is the Football Forum cult hero. We miss him a lot. Um, he's at Woking now, which is interesting. Uh, so we need Martin Tyler to do as the commentary for him. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's by the by. You're here, obviously, uh, to talk ex- well, to talk Exeter, but mainly Matt Taylor, because yes, it, it's been a troubling week for you, hasn't it? Because up until... Up until sort of Paul Warren uh, left for Derby, things were going swimmingly, obviously being promoted to League One, uh, enjoying life in League One. Yes. And um, and then Matt Taylor decides he wants to, to come and join Rotherham. Obviously, no qualms at him. Brilliant job at Rotherham. Done fantastically at Exeter. His assistant's gone with him. And, uh, well, Matt Taylor, there's been a lot of, and I've heard him so far, he was on Football Heaven the other night and spoke absolutely brilliantly. Spoke brilliantly after the Millwall game as well. What can Rotherham United fans expect from Matt Taylor? Three five two, as, as straightforward as that. Matt Matt Taylor is he's been the king of three five two from the very start. Um, what you can expect from Matt Taylor as a Rotherham fan is just someone that buys into the club, someone that knows each of his players in and out. So someone that someone that absolutely devout devotes every single second of his life to the football club he is at and, and and his four years at Exeter as a coach and then as a manager it, you didn't see another side to him he was just a man that that just spent every waking second thinking about the next game thinking about what he's going to do in training he's just someone that puts in 100% and the most amazing thing about him, and I can't—I don't think you can say this about many managers—is that he gets 100% out of his players as well. Not on a consistent basis, but when you get 100% out of your players, it's the most joyous football to watch. And obviously, the time at the Exeter he's had four years, he's taken them up from from League Two, which Exeter have sort of. For a lot of people, you'd you'd think that the extra have sort of been in the shadow a little bit of Plymouth, sort of mm. their, their neighbours. But careful, I know I'm being careful. Don't worry. Um, but 
you look at Exeter now, and obviously I've, I've sort of had a, had a little bit of a vested interest. Obviously, Jamal Blackman, who played uh, for Sheffield United and for Rotherham as well, he's been doing wonders so far this season. Um, obviously, Cam last season as well. Exactly, and you have to you have to wonder that that the Exeter side that Matt Taylor is leaving to come to Rotherham couldn't be in in a better place. No. No, absolutely not. No, um, we, we've been perennial challengers for League One promotion even back before Taylor was was installed as the manager, but we just never had that that quality to get over the line. And and last season we saw that in a couple of games where in the past we would just just falter and would just take a one all draw or something, we'd go for the kill. We'd go for that killer. He he bring he brought that killer instinct last season, and he did in the couple of years prior to that as well. It's, it's such a sad moment to see him leave the club. Um, he he captained the club as a player. He, he was installed as the under-21s coach. He's someone that, that lives and breathes Exeter City Football Club. But he deserved his chance and... That's off the back of one of the best one of the best seasons that I've ever witnessed that football club that football club have. And obviously, while we're here, while you're here, you might as well uh, look ahead to the weekend because keeping yeah. on, keeping on brand, keeping local, just about. Uh, Barnsley are the are the next trip for for the Grecians. Yeah, my first trip to Oakwell. First trip to Oakwell, more times than me. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and well, Barnsley have looked in in brilliant shape so far. I've obviously. Uh, going to mention Cheltenham in a second for, for how well they've done under Michael Duff. Michael Duff doing brilliantly at Barnsley now. How do you expect that one to go? Um, well, I think if I was a betting man, it would it would go on the home side. Uh, Barnsley, like the aforementioned other Devon club that you spoke of, are doing very well. The, the big six that you see in League One at the moment are the big six you'd expect to be there at the end of the season. Um I think we've settled into the league so well that maybe if we get a string of results, we might be able to to push. But Barnsley are going to be the first team that we've played this season that have that have are going to be pushing for promotion and going to be comfortably pushing for promotion. And this is the biggest test that we've had so far this season. If you're a betting man, a score prediction. Yeah. <laughs> um, head over heart. 1-0 Barnsley, heart overhead, 3-0 City. I, I think not a new manager bounce because we haven't installed anyone as our, as our new manager, but I think there will be a reaction from the players. We didn't quite see that on Tuesday night in the in the Pizza Cup, in the Papa John's Trophy, but then again, that was a second string side. This is going to be the first time that we see our starting 11, starting 11 with, without Matt Taylor, but but with Kevin Nicholson and John Hill, who was... Who, who was brought in under Matt, um, who might be able to, to, to push for maybe an upset. It, it's going to be a it's gonna be a difficult game and we're under no illusions of that. But uh, do you know what? We might just see it through. The only problem is we haven't got any centre-backs because Pierce Sweeney got, uh, got suspended last week. So we might even see a new formation that we haven't seen for four years. Lovely. Well, uh, Sheffield United fans will know that after uh, however many years they've had a three-five-two. Exeter are they are they one for overlapping centre backs though? No, not quite. We, we nah, no. You, you, you'll have to settle for the uh, cross for, from deep. I'm afraid our well, centre backs for the uh, the second string uh, red and white striped side on this podcast. Uh, yeah, if you don't mention that 
the team in white that's about 30 miles that way. We won't mention the side in dark green uh, next door to you. Ooh, Lapford. That's a village team where I'm from. Lovely. Uh, right, Jed, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you back on the pod uh, very soon when uh, we're next to visit Hillsborough. Excellent. Thank you for having me on. Having me on. So from from Jed Exeter and uh, and the local roundup. Attention turns back to the weekend's action. United looking to do it on a cold afternoon in Stoke Wednesday, hoping to be at the races when they welcome Cheltenham. We've got the previews next. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. This is Football Forum on your preferred podcast provider. Much appreciating your company. Onwards we go then to the previews and look ahead to this weekend's action. Uh, Plenty on the way. Uh, We're going to start with Wednesday though. Home to Cheltenham. And George, well... You've made that bold claim early on that that you don't think Darren Moore will be in charge come the end of the season. The question is, are Wednesday going to be at the Racers? Cheltenham are the visitors to S6. And arguably, this is a chance for you to, to sort of banish the demons of Tuesday night. You're back at home, get a victory, and all's good again. Look, yeah, it, it's one of them. It's Cheltenham... Um... I've got to admit, I don't know particularly much about them. I know they host the races every year. Join the club. But it's, um, yeah, there is a chance to really, you know, get rid of the demons of Tuesday night. Um, they're sitting 14th, Cheltenham, you know, having won their last two games. Uh, and so that's about it. So That's uh, about it. That's we are, obviously, we're in third. Third against 14th, we're at home. Any sort of Wednesday fan will be saying, oh, it's Cheltenham at home. Mm. We should be doing them. But it's almost like it's League One football. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not going to be pretty. Cheltenham will probably turn up to Hillsborough trying to, well, like they did last season. They were trying to time waste from the fifth minute onwards when Alfie May scored. It might have been in the first 10 minutes of the game, but they started time wasting the first half effectively and lost 4 1. So hopefully we'll see something like that again. But. We're Wednesday, obviously, they took the setback on Tuesday. Cheltenham, they're missing striker Alfie May. I know that I saw that on Twitter earlier. Um, he's their top goal scorer. Well, he was last season with about 24 goals, possibly. Yeah, again, Cheltenham, I don't know much about him. Wednesday should realistically be beaten. Well, what do you want to see from Sheffield Wednesday? Because obviously, you've said that. You don't want that. You want more sort of positive changes from from Darren Moore, sort of taking the game to teams and going for the win. What do you want to see from Sheffield Wednesday come Saturday three o'clock? I want to see us take it to them. I want to see us have a go at Cheltenham because with the attacking players that we've got, we really need to be utilising them more. Like we did in the Forest Green game, where we completely exposed Forest Green for their defensive mishaps, their mistakes. We have to be doing that to size in the lower half of the table. We don't need to be as conservative. And obviously, I want Darren Moore to do well as a manager. I don't want him sacked. That's the last thing I'd want, but he needs to be more positive. He needs to be taking it to teams. And he had been doing it until he played the likes of Ipswich, where we were more conservative, sat off. They went 2-0 ahead. Obviously, the referee were having a stinker that game. You know, everything happened with that. 
got back into that game, which were great. But it's a chance, really. It's a chance for the players to show their mettle, take it to Cheltenham, and just forget, you know, what's been happening Tuesday night. Well, we shall see. We'll come on to the predictions in a moment because, as is League One football, these games are unpredictable. Chappers, coming to you first of all. Sheffield United travelling to Stoke. We know that Stoke have... They've got a weird way of playing football. Obviously, it's returned possibly a Phil Jagielka um, against the Sheffield United side. United, as we... Similar to Wednesday, you need to banish the demons from Tuesday night. And realistically, they've had this sort of they've had the two game spell now where they can they can afford to drop points. Now Norwich are back level on points. You've got QPR, you've got Blackburn, you've got Sunderland, you've got a chasing pack in the playoffs that are only a couple of points behind. United really need to get back on the ball here. Obviously, there's about 400 defenders and midfielders that are out injured. Ollie McBurney is suspended because of getting another booking for, for having a gob at the referee. No surprises there. Um, big question. Can Sheffield United do it on an undescribably cold or potentially warm Saturday afternoon in Stoke? Uh well I think they, I think they could definitely do it. Um I mean if I if I look at our two squads on paper I I don't think it's unfair to say that we've got the better squad. Um we do have a lot of injuries. Um there's there's no mistake in that. And I'm not overly convinced we're going to see any of them come back. I think the only one that might come back is uh, Ahmed Hodzic. Um but uh, Hakenbottom didn't sound overly positive in in his interview earlier. Um he said he was out on the grass but you know, do we want to risk it? Do we want to risk a muscle injury for the sake of one game? I don't know. Maybe that's just manager speak for saying, yeah, we're not going to tell you anything and he's going to be on the team sheet on Saturday afternoon. I don't know. Um, but defensively, I'm interested to see how we line up, to be honest, because in the last couple of games, we've we've seen Rita Kadra play both left wing back and right wing back, a position that he certainly isn't comfortable, well, as, as comfortably in... Um, you know, but it's nice to see him, him him being willing to play there. Um, but it's not it's not something you really want to be doing if you can avoid it. Um, so do we go back? Do we go to a back four? Do we play a back four of uh, Bogle, Basham, Egan, and Norrington Davis? Do we play a five and try and slot somebody in? Maybe I don't know. Playing Kyron Gordon at, at one of the centre half positions and um, sticking Bash probably at right right wing back. I don't know. Um, I'm not a football manager, and this is why I don't make these decisions. But I'm I'm a little bit questioning Hecky's tactics at the moment. I think whilst we are very limited in our options, I don't know if we're making the right options. Um, and I certainly don't think we made very good substitutions on on Tuesday night or Saturday, actually, mainly in relation to taking Tommy Doyle off. Um, but Stoke are a real funny team. Alex Neal has obviously come in in the last, what was it, about a month or so ago, uh, maybe just over. Something like that. Yeah, about a month or so ago. Probably not had the impact that fans would have wanted. Um, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, they've, they've, I think, well, they've won three games all season, which really isn't isn't brilliant. They've, they've only won one of the last four. Um, they had a, a bit of a poor result against... Uh, Burnley on well, is it a poor result? Burnley aren't doing too badly, but you know they only drew against Burnley. They got absolutely battered at home against Watford um, on the weekend. I know that was Slaven Bilic's first game, but they got absolutely battered. Um, and before that, they drew nil-nil against QPR. So they've not really pulled any trees up. 
since Alex Neal took over. Um, so we need to try and make sure we're on it. We need to, if we need to freshen the team, I think it's a good opportunity to do that. I think certain players need a bit of a rest um, purely because of the amount of football they've played. If Sander Berger is okay, I probably won't play him. I'd, I'd actually just give him a bit of a break. Um, I'd play a, a two of Doyle and Norwood and uh, and probably play McAtee um, or Kadra uh, or other equivalent midfielder. Um, and then, you know, like you say, Joseph McBurney suspended, which is frustrating, but it provides an opportunity for either Billy Sharp or, or Rian Brewster to hopefully step up and make maybe stake a claim to a shirt uh, on a more regular basis. So it's going to be a real tough game. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that. Stoke is never an easy place to go. We were probably a little bit unlucky towards the back end of last season when we were there because, again, we got denied an absolute stonewall penalty that that time on Norrington Davis where he's just got absolutely scythed down in the box and the referee's given nothing. But that was the game where Berger kicked the ball in the referee's face, so maybe he had a bit of a brain right. injury. Um, but, yeah, difficult place to go. Um we just really need some players back now. Well, I don't think they're going to be back for Saturday as uh, <laughs> as good as the medical team is at Sheffield United. Um, right, let's get into those predictions. Uh, we're going to do that in a moment because we might be back next week. We might be back in a fortnight. But rest assured, you know the policy with Football Forum. It will be at the very maximum of three weeks between episodes. Chappers has got the local roundup now. Have I got my bed? Yeah, you have nobody, nobody knows what a bed is. Nobody knows what <laughs> a bed is. from I the do. ones that you sleep on. I'm taking... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're home for United and Wednesday. The game that we've created the least in is the game that we score three in. I don't know how we didn't go in more than one nil down. With the biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. You're right. Hello there. Good morning. Great nice to, to have you with us. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, Rob. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Joseph Hadfield. You know why I didn't bring my jelly babies after last time. Josh Chapman. We had no right to be anywhere near those playoffs. Connor Thorpe. Still trying to come to terms with what I witnessed. I don't believe it no it is it? spot on it is Get Huddersfield it. before I even had a chance even Sheffield Wednesday have scored penalties there was a point where we were only scoring this penalties. is Football <laughs> Forum Thursdays from 7 o'clock yes Football Forum back at some point in the next three weeks is the best way of describing it although you won't find that on the advert anytime soon right on to Unpredictable before we go and uh, as we said, it's been a month since our last programme. We have been doing the predictions, apart from Connor. He missed, a, he missed uh, one match round, never mind. Um, we are awaiting his predictions as well, if he uh, if he sends them in time, never mind. Um, but the fixtures have already been selected, and it's my wild card this week. Chappers, you have done very well, my friend. 27 points in the I last know, month. I know I've done very well, and uh, you know I don't want to say I was just trying to give you all a head start, but uh, you know I've done extremely well recently. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you've, you've done that good because okay, it was a nine point a midweek for you with with getting the the wild card. Well, you got the the right score, the uh, Plymouth the re- result, time. yeah, mm. Plymouth victory that gave you four points for the wild card. Uh, 12 points for me since the last show. Been a bit iffy for me, but never mind. Two points in midweek. Connor, he's only had eight points since we were last with you. So that was in a month. He's got eight points, which is rather, rather embarrassing, it must be said. He has missed two matches, but he only got two points in midweek. Scores on the doors after some rounds. I can't be bothered to check now. Connor's got 44. You have got 57, Mr. Chapman. Excellent. But I'm still in front by seven points on 64. As we go into an unknown round... Uh, by which I think it's number 17, but I could be wrong. Saturday and Sunday, because I've picked the wild card, 
Going to start with Stoke City against Sheffield United. This is wherever Stoke are against United. 20th. 20th against United in first. Chappers, you're up first. Uh, well, it depends which Sheffield United team turn up. It depends if, if the pre-international break team turns up or the post-international break team turns up. Um, if it's the pre one, uh, I think I'd be fairly confident in getting a victory, but I do think it's going to be incredibly, incredibly tight. Um I think I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say 1-0 United. But that, when I say it's going to be tight, I think it'll be a real horrible game. Well, I think it's going to be even tighter and by which I mean it's going to be a 0-0. I don't, it doesn't happen much for Sheffield United, but I can see this being a 0-0 at Stoke. Uh, George, what are you going for? Um, I don't know that much about both teams, if I'm being brutally honest. Well, since um, though you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I yeah, wouldn't have imagined so. Th- that's it. Um... Sheffield United, obviously, in first, doing excellent. Um, I don't watch them, so it's hard. But I'm going to say Stoke's a hard place to go. Um, always has been, always will be. I'm going to probably say, um, yeah, I'm going to go with 1-0 to Sheffield United. Right, yeah. 1-0 United victory for George as well. We haven't got Connors. Hopefully, uh, we'll get them before close of play, if not... Um, it will be out on our social. But don't worry, he does stick to the rules, we hope. Um, onwards we go then. Sheffield Wednesday against Cheltenham is up next. Three o'clock on Saturday for this one. 14th for Cheltenham. Third for Sheffield Wednesday. George, you're up first. 3-1 to Wednesday. Oh, very concise. Thank you very much. 3-1 Wednesday at Chappers. Yeah, I'm going to say Wednesday win as well. Um, Cheltenham... I don't, I, they've not quite looked the same team without Michael Duff, um, despite winning three out of the last four. Um, I, I think Wednesday will probably have too much. I'm going to say 2 nil Wednesday. Bugger. I was literally going to say that. Um, you can still say it, but you I know, can you, still I'll say just it. accuse you of copying me. Yes, I know you will. Um, no, I'm going to stick with 2 nil because thoughts were turning 2-1 because, as you said, Alfie May... Scores for fun whenever Sheffield Wednesday uh, face them. I'm going to say 2-0 to Sheffield Wednesday as well. The wild card this week, and we've never had this. We've done five shows so far, which sounds horrendous when we're into October now. We've not had a Premier League wild card yet. We have this time. I thought I gave you one. I thought we have. You did. Ah, yes, you did. The reason we never did it is because that... Ah, was it the Queen's weekend? That was the one that got Wasn't it the El Sakico? It was El Sakico, yeah. yes. I do remember Villa, now. Villa, Leicester. So, uh, yes. yes. So we've not had a a Premier League wildcard that's actually been played. Used, yes. Um, but I'm going for, on Sunday evening, which I've got no idea why, it's a seven o'clock kickoff on Sunday yeah, evening. Yeah, that's grim, that, isn't it? Everton against Manchester United. Um, Manchester United currently playing at the moment and hopefully Ronaldo they are losing oh the they moment. are they are losing fabulous nil. love it um, hopefully Ronaldo gets Neil Lennon masterclass is what it is who the hell are they playing uh, Ammonia Na- Nicosia Nis- he's n- them. it's them okay, but it, Neil look, Lennon's manager he's obviously he's right lovely um, how are he's getting on by the way uh, just out of interest. You carry on talking, I'll tell you. Thank you. Um, Sidetrack. Anyway, uh, Everton against Manchester United. Um, while Chappers is busy helping me out, uh, George will come to you. See, I'm not very knowledgeable on the Premier League either. Well, since though <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday haven't been you know, there for 20 odd years, I would yeah, have thought so. Who can blame you? Exactly. Everton, are Everton at home? Everton yeah. are at home, yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to be bold and go 2 1 Everton. 2 1 Everton. Mm, Love to hear it. Um, right. Have you have you got an update? Yeah, 0 0. 0 0. Lovely. He's on no, the bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. Lovely. Yeah. Right. Um, so we'll come to you next then, Chappers. Uh, Everton against Manchester United. Yeah, I, do you know what? Everton have, have really. Uh, I was going to say turning things around. I'm not sure turning things around is probably quite right to describe it, but they've not lost in a while now. They're not lost since uh, away at Villa, which was the 13th of August. It's George Mostly, Pickford, isn't it? They have drawn a lot. Well, yeah, take from that what you will. But they have drawn a lot of games. Uh, I can actually see this one also ending in a draw. Um, I'm going to say 1-1. Now, you see, I was thinking along those lines as well. Um, but I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go with the opposite of both of you. I'm going to back Manchester United, which I feel horrible and I need a shower now. I've just said that. Um, but I'm going to say 1-0 victory to Manchester United. I don't think it's going to be a, a fun in games. Sunday, 7 o'clock. It's country file or that, frankly. And to be honest with you, I'd probably take country file. Um, so 1-0 Man United for myself. Uh, we will post Connor's results on Monday uh, when we get that or on our next show, perhaps. But that is as far as we go for this week. Um, huge thanks to Jed once again for coming in, chatting Exeter and Matt Taylor as the new Rotherham United manager. Uh, we will be back, as I say, at some point in the next couple of weeks. But from myself, from George, from Chappers and all the team here on Football Forum, thanks for your company and uh, we'll see you soon. Bringing you the latest from across the Steel City, this is Football Forum.